welcome to the Nerd Party. Welcome. This is Second Contact, a Star Trek Lower Decks commentary podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Charlene Schmidt, and with me, as he always is, is Tristan Riddell. Tristan Riddell, we are back once again. We are in the thick of it. We are doing a season of Lower Decks. It is a good time. It is a happy time. My heart is always just a little bit lighter when I've got something to look forward to every week that makes me laugh, and that would be Lower Decks. How about you? Absolutely. Yes. This is always a joy. It's always fun. And even if it's like a subpar episode or an episode that's not as funny as the previous one before, there's no bad episodes in Lower Decks. That's just it. Yeah. There's there's good episodes and then there's the really good episodes. There's no bad ones. Right. There's nothing that makes you groan and go like, oh, that was a waste of time or like, Ugh, or like that was horrible. It's always just kind of like, okay, all right. I laughed a few times. Okay, cool. You know, you got your 22 yeah. minutes of entertainment. Right. No complaints, no notes. Not really. Actually, I take that back. I do have a note for the very end of this one <laughs> in a lower decks first. But hey, look, can't be perfect all the time, right? That's right. So let's just go <laughs> ahead and get right into it. So this is the third yeah. episode of the fourth season. And we are starting, like the this one actually opens. There is no cold teaser. There's no cold opening or anything like that. So this goes straight into the uh, regular show intro so we're going to go ahead and skip that we don't yeah. we we normally start right after the cbs productions logo but we're actually starting this so it's actually at the one minute and 33 second mark so as soon as they they warp off into the distance and you see mike mcmahon's name it goes away that's where we're yeah. starting so let's just go ahead and we do, really and even if you don't have the episode in front of you we're still going to make it entertaining so let's just go ahead and do the countdown now let's do it we do not need to talk through the theme today <laughs> All right, so All right, here, here we, we go. go. We'll three. do three, two, one, go, and that's when you hit yep. play. Three, that's right. two, one, go. All right. Immediately, In I'm the intrigued. Of There's a ring around a star. What is it, a Dyson Sphere? <laughs> that's actually, when I first saw that, I was just like, oh, is this like a modified Dyson Sphere? I was like, oh, is it like the one in Halo? You know, and everything like that. <laughs> and... um so this was, uh, like, a lot of people know this concept from the video game Halo, which is very popular. But Absolutely. in the 70s, there was a book called Ringworld. And so, like, this is this is a, a, a tested, tried and true sci-fi concept. And I love that we're introducing this into Star Trek. Yeah. And, side note, it just looks cool. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did see some criticisms online where there's just like how like why is this star so tiny you know how, how you know is that really a star is it something else you know like i don't know i don't know what if this thing is just ginormous it, we know it's ancient so but if it was like one au you know people were saying oh we wouldn't see the other side of it we would only see one it'd be so far oh. away I, that we yeah, only see like one section stop overthinking it and just enjoy it for once <laughs> would you i mean i love to hate star trek fans for as much detail as we value in the show like there's just a point where i want to tell people stop it just stop it and oh, enjoy yeah. the show once we got to that point i was just like oh what you know whatever it's a ring it's it's cool it, we know. It's it, just... yeah it's it's a ring that is not important to the story okay <laughs> 
<laughs> now, the thing is, though, is if this was in like Discovery or TNG or something like that, then I'd be like, no, no, no. We can ask those questions. But in Lower Decks, just let it ride. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah. Lower Decks does get a certain amount of privilege for being the brand of Star Trek that it is. Mm-hmm. Got to got to grant it just Absolutely. a little bit of leniency. Yeah, things that happen in lower decks would never happen in the live action shows, and that is a part of the appeal. That is the feature, not the bug. I love that this uh, machine, like the the computer, uh, they keep referencing like throughout the episode. They keep saying like, "Well, you know, did it go crazy? Is it trying to take over the world? Like, is it you know, is it trying to <laughs> enslave everyone?" They're like, "No, no, no. This is a nice one. This guy's okay." <laughs> well, what do we do with that? <laughs> We, we don't have protocols for that one. And, it, and that's the thing. That's the beauty of, of Lower Decks is that it plays on the trope. It acknowledges the trope. A thousand percent. It's kind of like if Picard was sitting down and says, like, have you ever noticed that whenever we investigate colonists or scientists at a remote outpost, never, it never goes well? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I, I appreciate the self-awareness that Lower Decks brings to all the tropes. Because there are so many tropes, and they've called them out. So I think this is the episode where we've gotten the most to Lynn, I think. I, I think right? so. Yeah, she plays a pretty important part here. I mean, Boimler is leading this mission, but I would say to Lynn is leading Boimler, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, like, she is the opposite of Boimler when it comes to emotions, not just because she's a Vulcan, but she's calm, she's cool, she's collected. Yes. And she's able to say, like, yeah, even though they're the both rank, she, she, they're both the same rank, I should say. She yeah. clearly has a mu is much more level-headed, and that is exactly what Boimler needed. Yeah, yeah, and Boimler, like, he's, the poor guy's a mess right now. He is anxious, <laughs> he's feeling the weight of that responsibility on his little shoulders, and it's a lot for him. He understands... The pressure, which is both good and bad. It's sort of like stress. It's good yes. to feel a little bit of stress so that you're on your game and you're giving your best to whatever it is you're doing. But if it overwhelms you, it's going to shut you down. And that's bad. And I appreciated that it wasn't for his fear of screwing up completely. It was the fear of, oh, God, these people are responsible. I'm responsible for these people. Right. And they could die. <laughs> yeah, he can't. He can't have that. <laughs> he doesn't want to be responsible for that as the team leader. But now, as we I see later on, see... his strategy for that not so good. <laughs> I, I was really happy that it was Talyn and Boimler and not Mariner and Boimler this time around because yeah. Boim, uh, like Mariner would just be screaming at Boimler to time. calm down, but Talyn actually right. gave good advice. <laughs> Yeah, this is a situation where I don't think Mariner would have necessarily been a good help. Unlike in the right. last couple of episodes where she really has been great for Boimler, but in this situation, yet yeah, to Lynn, he really he needs an even cooler head of reason, and that is not Mariner. Now it's so fun we to get see a callback. the message box again. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, we get we get a callback to the Bitazoid marriage box or whatever the hell it's called. And the Wadi Chula game. <laughs> yeah. So we so we get a TNG reference. We get a Deep Space Nine reference. And I love that Rutherford asked the question like, oh, my God, is this sentient? They're like, no, no, no. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> like, because that raises a lot of questions. We're like, oh, man, we're just Seriously. throwing them in a closet. Right. Yeah. Okay. Also, there's just like this room full of artifacts. It's I call it the reference room. You know, when <laughs> well, we need yeah, to make. I think they. 
they called it the anomalous room or like the the anomaly room something the like anomaly that. room something like yeah like yeah. does every ship have one of those what's up with that <laughs> so this okay so this introduced a new thing and i'm gonna get you we were you were you were criticizing this pretty hard at the beginning of the episode and i'm gonna be <laughs> that person now uh-huh and talk about um isolinear chips Yes. So apparently isolinear chips can get hot. Uh, that's terrifying. Apparently. Um, apparently. You know, like it, it can get hot. Uh, so that's a new information. And also, if one fails out of all of those, it can be catastrophic. <laughs> I guess it's sort of like old-timey Christmas lights. Like how you know if one went out, the rest of that chain was broken. But that's a serious fallacy in the system there. Why? Like. I guess I guess we should chalk it up to now that at the end of the episode he does admit to ransom that he was just screwing with them. So maybe that's one aspect that he was lying about yeah. about like but you'd think Rutherford would know that. Well, you would think. If anybody would know yeah. that it would be him. So, yeah, but also to your point about the heat generation, like that's such a modern day computing thing where we need fans yeah. in our processors because they generate so much heat. I guess we haven't overcome that in the future, or is it short-sightedness <laughs> yeah. on the writer's part? Or it's just one of those things where you're like, it's lower decks, calm down. Like, just, <laughs> like it's... Right, this is just another thing. Just don't, don't think too hard about it. It's fine. It's the first and time so we've seen the... such a thing. Yeah, with with a captain trying to fix everything, we find out that she minored in ancient technology, ancient ancient computer <laughs> right? technology. And, and I, I do love... like that Ransom called it out. Where Ransom's just like, you know, we have engineers. She's like, shut up, I got it. Yeah, all I have to do is install the system update, and nothing ever goes wrong with that, as we very well know in modern computing. Oh, this this moment, I love it when the clouds drop, the clouds freeze to ice, and then drop, uh -huh. and then everyone bumps off. But then there's one person who's like, oh, no, I must paint it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are artists after all. Oh, my gosh. I laughed so hard when she said, well, we're all artists and poets. That's one of my <laughs> favorite things about Star Trek. And longtime listeners will know I, I talk about that all the time because whenever, whenever we meet an alien species that's on hard times, they will say, you know, we haven't always been this way. We were, right, exactly. we were a society of artists and poets and, and, and architects. And, you know, like it's always artists, poets, architects, musicians. It's all the creative arts, including, yes. but then you have architects where it's just like, oh, but it's, it's creative, but it's also, you know, industrial, you know, like, and everything right. like that. So it's always those things. It's never like <laughs> it we is. were wicked cool soldiers or we built the best flying cars. Nope. Nope. Artists. Artists. Poets. Yeah. It's that mark of ultimate prosperity. I guess you can yeah. thrive as an artist. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes, that is exactly why they do it. Yeah, it's all mm -hmm. it's all clear why. I'm just saying they do it a lot. <laughs> they do well, and when I heard that line, I immediately thought of you. <laughs> I'm glad you did. <laughs> so the 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 woman in the gold uniform with the Australian accent mm -hmm. is an actress who's on the Apple TV Plus show called Mythic Quest. And oh, she's okay. really funny. She's the female lead of the show. Season one was brilliant, and really the other seasons not so much. But season one was great. She's really, really funny, and it was really I was really excited to hear her pop up in Lower Decks. That's cool. So, is this show on Apple TV? Is it also animated? 
I've not watched it. No, it is not animated. It is not animated. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Speaking of Apple TV, For All Mankind, season four coming up. I'm stoked. Do you oh, yeah. watch this show? I, I, I definitely watch that show. I, th- I feel like all Star Trek fans should watch For All Mankind. They should. I'm also going to get my husband into watching it because he likes revisionist history. So once he oh, gets into oh, it, I mean, he's going to uh, get into it. <laughs> that's a, a, a perfect marriage of the two right there. For so real. this reveal was hilarious. He's like, oh, did you get to the second layer <laughs> of the isolinear chip? How many layers are there? Like, I thought this was a thing that was going to go on and on. Mm-hmm. Also, Billups has a pet ferret, which... Named Lancelot. That, for whatever reason, that choice makes perfect sense. It really does. There's, there's cert- I mean, if listeners out there, take no offense to this, but if there's a certain... If someone says like, "Oh yeah, he he owns a ferret," you would go, "That makes sense." Like, there's just certain <laughs> well, times. <laughs> and, and here's the thing, Tristan, I can't explain why that makes sense. I just know no that it fits that character. Absolutely, yeah. It yeah. No, no one can explain it, but it makes sense. Right, like he can't have a dog. He's not going to get along with the cat. He's not going to have a cute bunny. No. I do love that the ancient manual that freeman is talking about even though they have all this technology and all it's super advanced the ancient manual is still on like papyrus (laughs) (laughs) right well that's the mark of knowing that it is ancient so the um I, I do. I, I think it's a treat whenever we get Billups, and I was happy that we got an entire episode about Billups. And th- this is th- this is the moment where I was, uh, you know, like I was I was pretty happy that they referenced where Billups is just like, oh, is it trying to take over everybody? And he even brought up the whole like, did you jiggle the power cord? You know, like it's, we all have those <laughs> moments where we're like, oh, right, clean the it's... gunk out of the mouse, or like restart it, or you know, like. Clear your exactly. settings. Exactly. It's IT 101. Did you turn it off and turn it back on again kind of thing? Also, re- uh, utilizing uh, the term genesis, like regenesis. You know, <laughs> like I know that that's a it's a common term, but, you know, for Star Trek fans, it means a little bit more. Uh, it sure does. Genesis is a very <laughs> loaded word. I was almost expecting them to make a Sims reference at that point, the way they were like showing like, okay, we're going to generate this thing and then we're going to do the next thing. And like, I don't know if you play Sims or not or ever, ever have, but they have a, a, a phrase called reticulating spleens. It's one of the most common things that's been through the whole life of the game in every evolution for the last 20 something years. And I just thought if there's a time for a Sims reference, it's right here and they didn't do it. Dang it. <laughs> Because we were talking about Halo no, I, earlier, I, so play- video games, you know. Yeah. Oh, the last time I played Sims was like in fifth grade. It was like Sim Tower or Sim City or something like that. S- okay, Sim City is different than The Sims. Those are different games. Oh, it is. Oh, I thought it was like made yeah. by the same. Co- oh, oh, okay, cool. Now they might be the same company. Like I think they both actually did start with Maxes, but yeah, Sim City is where you simulate a. A city. Oh no! I, you deal I, with I, population I know the, issues. I know the difference. I just thought it was like the same oh. people who made it. Oh 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 oh. Okay. I don't think that's the case anymore. But like Sim City hasn't had a release in who knows how long. Now we have City I Skylines. Love they, <laughs> I love that they introduced volcanoes into it, where it's just like 
it really makes you feel like you're going back to Star Trek three and you know like <laughs> like the crust is just opening Genesis? up and Spock's a Spock's a kid and like running around trying not to jump in lava. Right? <laughs> and I like I l- also love that not only did we get a move along home reference with the Wadi Chula game, we're actually gonna go inside. We sure are. It's going to happen. Alamoraine, lemon meringue, it's all going to be a thing in this episode. <laughs> Which, I, that made me laugh so hard. From now on, that's what it is for me, is lemon meringue. Lemon meringue. <laughs> lemon meringue. <laughs> and that's such, a, that's such a Mariner thing to say. Is totally. Because to, you, you, know, you know she knows it. You, you know she knows the, the phrase, alamoraine, but she says it just to be right. funny. Yeah. Yeah. So this, so this guy, this uh, this lieutenant, mm-hmm. is a real. Uh, I don't like say him. It's a, yeah, he's a, he's a sociopath here. He's yeah, he's a masochist. I, this is the, yeah, he is the problem for me in this episode. <laughs> when we get there, we'll get there. He's just his leadership sucks. He's getting all <laughs> emotional now, but we find out that this is all part of the joke. Yeah, it's all part of the hazing. Which I'm sorry, which, that which Ransom sucks. was aware of. Yeah, and Ransom is aware of this, and he's complicit in it. Okay, I got a lot of issues with that whole thing, but it's not a great message either. And look, we're not necessarily well, going to lower decks for really deep morals, messages, and meanings all the time. But like, that's a terrible thing to convey. Was like, okay, don't trust people because they probably are <laughs> playing you, even when you think they aren't. Like, well, I, I mean, you're not wrong, but at the same time, I don't think it's that deep. I think it's just a jerk, yeah, well, you know, boss who is... They were just going for the joke, and I don't think they yeah. needed to do that very last line for that joke. It wasn't worth it. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think you're right. I think they definitely could have left it alone at it being real. That would have been fine. I don't think yeah. they needed to end on him saying, oh, no, I was a jerk the whole time. You're right. I... You are right. <laughs> did it bother me that much? No. Could I live without it? And do I think it would have been better without it? Yes. <laughs> right. Like, okay, Mike McMahon, that's my note of this episode. <laughs> you could have cut that one out. It would have made the episode probably 10% better. So with Boimler finally coming to terms that he needs to lead instead of just doing it for them because of his fears. Yes. Part of me felt like this came a little too late in the episode. You think he carried it on too long? I think the joke was a little one note. Like, this is the... Would you say this is the B-plot? The A-plot? This might be the A-plot. I don't know. I feel like the joke was a little one note. And it just... Yeah, it just... It it didn't revive... Like, there was funny things in it. It's just... I felt like we could have come to terms with it a little bit sooner and then added more drama on top of it moving yeah. forward no i agree with you if it, it, it's weird to say that this episode feels a little padded but yeah i think this plot is so thin that they did stretch it out just a little too long right. they could have cut it out gotten the same message across i i think i think you're right because some of this did feel padded i, f- I feel like if we went with this story like the wadi chula storyline or like them doing like because basically, like with the isolinear chip storyline, there's a lot of things going on right here. You got three, you got three people doing their own thing. Like you have Tindy yeah. trying to, you know, do it by on her own. You got Rutherford in the Alamarine. move along homeworld. 
lemon meringue. And then uh, you have Mariner trying to talk about Tellarite slop jazz. Yeah. Now, granted, it's, parts it's, here. it's cut really f- frenetically. It's a nice back and forth. But if you needed to pad the runtime, this is where you could extend things just a little bit more. I would think there's more to work with here. Agreed. Yep, yep, yep. So apparently there was a problem. Like, I, I, I did like that he wasn't lying about that, at least. Yes. Like, there was an isolinear chip that was busted. It is so weird, though, that an advanced starship in the 24th century could not just identify the defective chip for you, though. Now, maybe yes. that is part of the setup is like, oh, no, you have to manually check it. Like, that's all a lie, probably. But, again, so, we're overthinking so- this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this right here, like the 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 Betazoid box, just experienced a whole sentient life, a la the inner light. Are we supposed yeah. to? Is, is that what we're thinking about? Like it, it was another probe, like the inner light. It must be. Yes, something like that to that effect. And if that's the case, doesn't that mean that this guy would be sentient, like the box, because he lived Possibly. an entire life and said he missed my wife? So I feel like we're going. <laughs> forth here folks yeah there's a lot of questions (laughs) we're never gonna get answers to them yeah but like we said it's for the joke we're overthinking we're star trek fans we overthink (laughs) (laughs) it's a weird tendency we all have in certain moments and imagine that teamwork makes the dream work that is what needed to happen to save the day now that is a good message that's the, that's the message that we should take away from this episode, and I think that's why we're we're cutting back and forth so quickly between the three on the chip storyline, and then also with the ensigns on the surface. Agreed. I love how sweaty Boimler is, and his eyes are all. <laughs> Have we ever seen like a... sweaty pits on a Starfleet officer before? Uh I feel like we have. Yeah, I do like, there too. Was, I think there was an episode. There was an episode of Voyager where. They had to like overheat everything and everybody was sweating oh, except right. for the doctor. Okay. And everybody kind of yeah. had sweat Good stains call. there. Yeah, I, I guess, I episode, don't know. Did but... we see the sweaty pits oh, was or was everybody's one? face wet? Was no, it? That wasn't the it might have been. Good golly. Or was that the was the cheese one the macrovirus one? No, no, yeah. no, no. Those are different. Those are different episodes? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, with macrocosm, yeah, Janeway does get a little sweaty in her tank top. But I'm thinking in uniform specifically. Oh, no, th- that's what I was talking about. Like the macrocosm one, she's in her tank top. But in the other one uh, where they have to superheat the the ship in order to kill a, a virus. Yeah. So we get, the, so we get the this koala. Twin Peaks X-esque oh my God. thing with the koala. And the, yeah. the for those of you who don't have the subtitles on, it's in the subtitles it said speaking koala. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great touch. Like that's his language. That's the language. Okay, so koalas speak koala. <laughs> Not even koalis, it's just koala. Koala. So, okay, so Boimler straight up died. His heart stopped. He was yeah. dead. <laughs> he was dead. He's not dead anymore. And he's looking a little and, fried. And they didn't even beam him up to the ship. They're like, nope. <laughs> no, Dr. Ta'ana down comes down to him? Okay. I mean, obviously it was fine. She got him back. We get a like on walk by. What is that purple liquid they're drinking? And they're all drinking it. Uh-huh. But in different glasses. And Rutherford has a straw, which makes me laugh. Because nobody <laughs> else has a straw. 
those are the kind of details that I really like. Yes. And Talyn has her water room temperature. Right. Room to Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> so unbelievably Vulcan. It is. I'm just waiting for the shoe to drop with her, though. Like, something's up. She Here's why. In my mind, she looks so much like Valeris. There's... It's like she's a sleeper of some sort. The the real her's going to come out at some point. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I right, can't folks. trust anything anymore. You, after Valeris, everything's up in the air. Right? Kim Cattrall, you ruined Star Trek for me. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> not really. Not really. Don't send I was going to say, don't out. take that too literally, folks. I don't want any letters. No, 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 no. Much like the show, right. we say things in jest here. So what do you so what do you think? Where I, I, for me, this episode was kind of like this was one of those episodes I was talking about at the epi- at the beginning, where it's just like it was okay, you know, it's yeah, fine. It's fine. It's not a favorite. There's nothing terribly wrong or problematic with it, even though I have my critique. Just yeah, it's not going to stand out, and that's okay because they can't all stand out. Right, they can all be gems. No, so that's all right. We'll be back next week. We'll have another episode, and we'll see where that one takes us. So go to thenerdparty.com for all of our other episodes, as well as where you can subscribe. We're on everything. We're on iTunes. We're on uh, Spotify. We're everywhere where you listen to podcasts. And uh, if you want to talk to us, you can find us on Twitter, um, at JoinNerdParty. You can also find me personally, at The Insane Robin. And I am O The Profanity. So until next week, thank you so much. Live long and prosper. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.